Hey there, Doug here. You're probably thinking, if you're a subscriber and a regular listener of ours, why is there a new episode on a Monday? Well, Jamie and I, when we started this project, we wanted to talk to everyone in the industry, from the lighting guy to the director and everybody in between. So we reached out to a lot of people because we did not think we were going to get the response back from folks that were involved in sequels. And luckily we did. So we have all these bonus episodes that we want to get out there. Some with directors, some with writers, some with actors. I just interviewed a WWF champion, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, Psycho Sid, however you know him. But uh, yeah, so these are a lot of fun. I really think these folks still have stories to tell, even though they didn't qualify for our sequels and they weren't in any sequels. So first up, we have Tony D'Alessio. You're probably like, I've never heard of that guy. I didn't either until I talked to him, but man, talk about a guy with a story to tell. He grew up in the Bronx, joined the army, went to work, worked, and then retired. Just like everyone else's story, but his end didn't end there. Most people, they just go to the golf course, they just hang out, and they basically just hang out the rest of their lives. This guy got into acting, he got into directing, he got into writing, and man, he was lots of fun to talk to. So check out the interview, and he has a movie on Amazon Prime that you can watch if you have a Prime account, or you can rent or buy it. It's called Girl Wired. He wrote it, he directed it, he funded it, he did everything. And it's pretty pretty cool that he was able to do that. I'll have the link in the bio so you can check it out. Now, let's start the interview. Hi, Tony. Hey, dog. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Great, great, great talking to you. Glad you. Thank you very much for taking me taking me on as a as a subject. <laughs> hey, it's you're very inspiring, and you grew up in the Bronx, right? I did. Yeah. Did you? No, I I'm, I'm in New Jersey, but I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Oh yeah, me too. I used to go to the Yankee Stadium all the time on my bike. <laughs> what was the first who who was playing when you went oh god the Maggio and the Zuda and you know all those all those old guys oh man it was phenomenal back then that's amazing yeah my my dad was a huge fan so then it just transferred over but my middle name's Thurman after Thurman Munson yeah I, my dad was a huge fan too he was a Yankees fan yeah yeah that's awesome so this is a this is a project that was years upon years later down the road. So I already saw because I read it online on the, on your IMDb. But so you grew up in the Bronx. Yep. Then you went. Then you went into the army. You went to NYU. Along any of that time frame, were you into film or acting at all? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I was thinking wow. about it. You know. Uh... I was not into film or acting, but uh, I was a member of a of a vocal group called the Ebb Tides, and uh, we put out a couple of songs. And uh, then I uh, then I had to join the army because my draft was coming up, so I had to quit the group, and they got somebody else to take my place. So I was second tenor for the Ebb Tides for a while. The song is still out there. It's Fanny Fanny and, you know, one other song. I can't even remember the name of it, darn it. What kind of music was it? Was it doo-wop, like that era? Yeah, it was. It was the doo-wop era, exactly. We're talking the mid-50s here, 56. 
Right around there, 56, 57. Now, the reason I asked is I know a guy that was in a group in in the New York area. He was in uh, Nick and the Knacks. Nick and the Knacks. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were just uh, Neo and the F side. <laughs> That's awesome. So then you, so then you're in the 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 army, like you said, for a few years, and then you went to NYU, and you went for civil engineering. Yep, I did, I did. So what made you what made you go that route? Well, I initially I initially started at NYU uh, before I went into the army. I took a couple of courses. Uh, my my high school grades were not that great, so they wanted me to take a couple of courses at at City College. I took a couple of courses there. I got A's and B's. And uh, I said, okay, you know, you can sign up. So I signed up for one semester. And I was like, you know, 16, 17 years old at the time. I was getting tired of school, and they wanted me to go for like a whole year because of of the way I had uh, enrolled. And I just dropped out. And then I went to work for an, an ink manufacturing company, believe it or not, in Harlem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then you know and then it was time to you know get my military service over with and my dad had a friend who, who was a uh, member of the uh, local operating engineers union in Westchester County and uh, so when I enlisted I enlisted for the Corps of Engineers and when I had gone to school initially let me get back uh, let me backtrack a little bit when I yeah. initially uh, enrolled at uh, NYU, I was enrolled in aeronautical engineering. I was really interested in planes and stuff like that. And uh, But uh, just going into construction and getting uh, operating engineers uh, training in the Army, when I got out, I, uh, immediately got, I immediately got a job as an operating engineer, and it was like the, the pay was fantastic. You know, and I said, "Wow, I can't go to school full time. I can't give up this. I can't give up this salary." So I con- I continued going to NYU, but it was the evening division. So I really put a big burden on myself by going, you know, going to school at night and working during the day. And I did that. I did that for six and a half years before I got my degree. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> but. You know what? I was able to pay my own tuition. Oh, yeah, which is good. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't as expensive if you look yeah. at today's dollar wise, but no, still that you did that six and a half years of basically your twelve hour days at least. Basically, yeah. And I was working in Westchester and going to NYU downtown, which just oh man, <laughs> yeah, it was quite a trip. <laughs> and I was yeah. drive to you know an hour drive from work to get down to get down to. Uh, Lower Manhattan and go to NYU there, and finally they moved the classes up to uh, up to the Heights campus, which it should have been, which has now been sold, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, strange things happen, you know. Yeah. So then that was your field, pretty much. I know yeah. you did work. In, you were doing some like uh, what was it, highway work or bridge work in Arizona? Yeah. Well, after three years, after three years of uh, going to night school and working in uh, construction, I uh, decided that it was time to try out my 
selected field of engineering. So I applied for a job, uh, you know, as a designer drafter. And this company, Parsons, Brinkerhoff, Quaid, and Douglas hired me. And um, I went to work for them full time downtown uh, Manhattan. So I didn't have I didn't have the daily commute anymore. But um, it was a lot easier, you know, it was a little bit easier on the commute side. And plus, since oh, yeah. and since the classes the classes had moved up to the ice campus, it made life a little easier for me. So um, you know, life life was good. Life was good. It really was. And you know. I met my wife at, at college, my last. Oh, really? Yeah. We had, uh, my last semester there, uh, we had a class, and I think it was political political, uh, and political philosophy or some stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was just something I had to take to fulfill my credits. And Joanne was, was in the class with me, and I had met her once before, but never had, you know, gotten up close. And we developed a relationship in class and started dating from there. And uh, a couple of months after after that, uh, we were out having dinner, and I said, hey, why don't we get married? And she said, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So It's so good that you chose that class. I don't know if you had other options, but it's that's fate. Yeah, it is fate. Exactly. It is fate. Yes. I agree. And, and Joanne and I have been together uh, since then, you know, 51 years, man. Not many people could say that, especially nowadays. So, uh, so when did the, the acting and the, and wanting to write and direct, when did that bug kick in? Well, when I retired from engineering, uh, I was only 60 years old. I, you know, it was like, 1998, and I had, and I had just turned, and I had just turned. Uh, gee, how old was I in '98? I just turned 60. So okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do with my off time, but you know, uh, Joanne and I had accumulated enough money so that I can retire. She wanted to keep working, so we had a steady income coming in. And I decided uh, shortly after I retired from engineering to get into acting. I saw an ad for an acting class at a community college here. And I took that class and I was hooked. That's awesome. I started taking, I started taking classes in, in acting at, the community, at community colleges and uh, a couple of uh, intense workshops. Shakespeare uh, Conservatory was one of them, was a six-week program. And then as I was doing, I was doing, you know, some small parts in films and and uh, theater. I was doing a lot of community theater. And, and it was just, well, it came to me, like, gee, you know, I really had some ideas about scripts and I should get into writing. So I did. I started writing and I had uh, this uh, concept in mind of this woman early with early onset Alzheimer's, and I wrote faded flowers uh, based on based on that on that woman. Oh wow! And uh, then I did the I, I did a short on the full on the full script and uh, put some of my own money into that, and 
turned into about a 10 or 12 minute short called Faded Flowers, which is still, I think it's still on IMDb, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I see it on here, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you see, you got me on IMDb, yeah. So you see all my stuff, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> so, so that, so that, how did you come? Because you you mentioned like you were in the the small roles and right. So how did it come to? Obviously, you had the opportunity to get your short and 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 get it going. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and get it out there and directing it. Right. And then 11 years later, you had Girl Wired. When did you come up with the idea for that? Girl Wired, I came up with the idea around 2000, 2009, 2010. And, oh, okay. uh, you know, the concept was, you know, the young the young girl, genius, you know, the, uh, and, uh, and her kid brother and grandpa, Poppy, and that... That came about in 2010. I started writing and, you know, finished the script in 2010, did several rewrites and whatnot, and then started looking around for money to do productions on either either Girl Wired or Faded Flowers, which would which had then turned into another another title called Fatal. And um, you know, we scrounged around for years trying to get funding. And it was probably the most difficult part of the whole process, trying to get funding, trying to get funding. So, you know, it was it was a struggle. And I said this to every filmmaker out there, you know, boy, if you've got a script and, you know, you can't you can't get the funding for it, good luck because I know just how hard it is. Really. What is it how what resources I actually, I interviewed a guy that does uh, producing like a few weeks back and I asked him, but what, what were some of the channels that you went through? Like, how do you connect with people for that? Oh boy. We went to, uh, we went to a lot of film companies. Uh, Tricoast is one of them. And uh, they had put us on a list as, as a possibility. Uh, I had actually attached Rosanna Arquette to do uh Faded Flowers, which wasn't it wasn't fatal yet at the time, but I had signed her up to do Faded um, Flowers, and I had a letter of intent from Rosanna, and we was trying to shop that around, and couldn't couldn't get couldn't get any interest in that, and couldn't get any interest in uh, from any any of the other funds that I contacted. And I spent spent quite a bit, you know. Tossing my money around, trying to trying to get interest in funding for the film, and it never worked. But finally, my family had a property, a, a commercial property in the Bronx, and uh, all my uh, my father and my uncles who had worked in the supermarket that was there uh, had passed away, and. Uh, 
we were renting the property out and, and then that got slow and they, my cousins uh, who were partners and sons, sons and daughters of, of, of my, of my uncles and aunts. And, um, we, uh, decided to sell the, the property and my share of the, my share of the proceeds were about $300,000. And I just oh, wow. take that 300,000 and use it to uh, produce one of the films, either fatal, either fatal or grow wired. And we came and we decided, we decided on grow wired and that was working with Tammy and, and Rusty, Rusty Case. And they were just unbelievable people to work with, by the way. They were they are phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal. That's awesome. So, um, I don't know if I've answered your question. <laughs> oh no, no, you definitely did. So, from this process of like the the directing, the uh, writing, and producing, since you just have this out there, and anybody listening, I'll put the link in the episode. Is you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and so. Do you have do you have the itch to like write something else and do this whole process all over again with a different idea? Well, I have one, I have the other script. I have the I have the script fatal. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, what we're you know now that we've got Girl Wired out there, a Girl Wired is also under contract to a sales agent, uh, Monarch Films, and uh, he's the guy who put it on Amazon, and we're hoping that uh, you know it will take off and. The reason why we're doing these podcasts, by the way, is so that we can generate publicity because that's the hardest part of the process I'm finding is the publicity to get to get you know, to get your film into the into the into the grind and, and get that, you know, get those millions of viewers and hopefully, you know, most of them will go and either rent the film or buy the film or whatever. And uh, I want to make my money back. If I can make my money back, if I can get, I actually spent about two hundred and fifty thousand so far, uh, and that's an uh, it's a SAG ultra low budget, by the way, and yeah. we were able to go SAG on that. So if I can get my money back and uh, I'll reinvest it in doing Fatal because I think Fatal is also going to be pretty good. It's also it's also woman. It's also woman intensive. You know, it's about this woman with early onset Alzheimer's and uh, and the stuff that she goes through. And there's some bloodshed involved and some murders and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said you said it best. It's hard. Any any even there's a lot of movies. If you go on Netflix or any of those, and you just scroll through, or even look up big time actors. Yeah. I watched a movie, me and my wife, a few months ago. It was with Bruce Willis and Christopher Maloney and I'm trying to think who else is in it. It was called Marauders and because it wasn't in the theaters, yeah. they didn't advertise it on TV and it was like a straight to DVD. But it was such a good movie, but there, there's no way to find it. It's almost like you have to do things like this or just luckily have somebody come across it. But I'm sure people are going to check it out. Well, I'm hoping they will. <laughs> yeah. So, on, how did they get you on Amazon Prime? That's pretty awesome that you're able. That's a how cool is that? that you could sit at home right now and watch something, stream something that you created. Absolutely, it's great. And I just watched it again 
this afternoon just 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 to key up to this conversation. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah um, every time I watch it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm watching it more and more. The kids are just awesome, you know. The kids are awesome actors, uh, and you know they were great. Tammy put together the whole crew. She was unbelievable. I mean, we had what was it about seventy crew people, something like that. Twenty-eight, oh, wow. twenty-eight or thirty-eight, uh, twenty-eight, I guess it was. Act thirty-two actors, and you know we had over a hundred people on this project. Man, it was incredible. That's wild. I know. How many days did you get it done in? We took We we actually scheduled it for eighteen day shoot, and that's what it was. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but you know we had to do it, and you know because we were pressed for time and money, uh, we couldn't we couldn't go overtime a lot and stuff like that. So uh, we had to be satisfied with with a lot of the material. But uh, during the editing process, which took about a year, by the way. Um, during the editing process, we, we, we managed to piece together the best of uh, what we had. And what we see there on, on Worldwide now is what we got, you know. So I'm pretty pleased with it. And, you know, for the, for the budget that we had and the amount of time that we had to do to shoot and whatnot, pretty pleased. Came out really well. Yeah. And just think about it. The thing that I felt what found me so fascinating about you was – just that this was something that you did later in life. You know, yeah. a lot of people, they retire and they set a golf course or. I don't, I don't you know, retire, man. They don't do much. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't retire. I'm, uh, I'm a workaholic and, you know, I was that way since basically I was a kid, you know. Yeah. And working in engineering was, you know, really, I, I, was, I was doing so well. Became engineering manager at Parsons Brinkhoff, Quaid and Douglas, and they sent me to Hawaii to live a year project, and I wound up staying in Hawaii with Joanne for 18 years. <laughs> That's amazing. We had our kids there, and then the work in Hawaii was grinding down, so they had opened an Arizona office, and they offered me a position here in Arizona. And uh, Joanne, who was working for the state DOT in uh, Hawaii, uh, was also hired by my firm because they said, hey, what the heck? We're paying to ship the both of you over there. We're opening a new office. We might as well hire her, too. So Yeah, right. So they did. And both of us, was wor- both of us were working for Parsons Brickoff here in uh, Arizona. And I was... Uh, project manager for a couple of interchanges and that was my specialty was freeway to freeway interchanges. So that's awesome. So do you, I have to ask because you obviously moved from New York to, you know, Hawaii and Arizona. Do you miss winter? I do not miss winter, but, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) I do miss cool weather. Because right now, oh, yeah, I bet. you know, we're in the roasting season here in Arizona. <laughs> 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 you know, 100, 106 degrees and 110 degrees and oh my God. So that's not good. we may turn into snowbirds pretty soon and move north, yeah. move north during the summertime. A lot of them, a lot of our neighbors are doing that. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I talk to a lot of people that do that. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. Yeah, you find somewhere nice you want to get, get to. Get out of the barn and heat, you know. It's like, wow. Well, Tony, this has been awesome. I love picking your brain and being able to. I just think it's so fascinating. Like I said before, I know you're you're not retired per se, but there's a lot of people, even people that are my age, they're like 30 years old. They're in their career and they don't think about anything else, but like they're they're nine to five. And I feel like they go to 60, 65, like my parents are. And they're just like, I'm done. I just want to relax now. But it's so cool. You just wanted to keep doing it. I know you said you're a workaholic, but it's still amazing to have that drive and like get your something that you put on paper that you were able to get onto you know, Amazon Prime on a big screen. That's so amazing. Yeah, that was very, very rewarding, Doug. Very rewarding, really. I bet. And, uh, you know, it gives me the inspiration to keep on going. But, uh, you know, as far as working different, you know, working all the time, I find that as long as I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's of interest to me, then it doesn't become a job. It becomes like a hobby, you know? It's like recreational. Oh, yeah. It's almost like recreational, you know? It's like, this is fun, you know? Even writing a script is fun. Is that, you, know? you know, so it's, it's just something I do. And, you know, if I get bored with writing scripts, I'll probably wind up doing something else. Who knows? But I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. So far, so, no. so far, so good. I've, I've got another script in mind, you know, that I'm thinking of writing right now, and uh, I might put that in the hopper as well. But I do want to get fatal done about the woman with Alzheimer's. So, yeah, hopefully. Oh, we went, you know, it was a struggle. It was a, getting getting the funding was unbelievable. We started with, a, you know, $10 million budget, and we dropped it down to Six million, and then down to two, and then down to one, and then finally we, we just had to give up. And uh, you know, and then fortunately the the funding came along from the sale of the property. So yeah, that was. But it worked out. That's all that matters. It worked. Out, it worked out, and not only that, but I was able to afford passing on, you know, passing on using the money for my retirement. So I've got enough. I've got enough money in my retirement me going and the only thing i have to worry about possibly is catastrophic medical conditions which you know at my age are always possible so gotta keep well, the, fingers crossed yeah keep the fingers crossed absolutely yeah. yeah well you know what you're living each day like you're giving it all every day so i'm living each day man and that's the only th- that's the only way to live you know it's like yeah hey that is true Live life and you know do what do what do what uh, do what you think is fun and if it's work and it's fun it's even better you know yeah so those are some words of wisdom before I let you go what do you think of it do you watch the Yankees out there not really I hardly watch baseball anymore believe it or not no, I became a big soccer fan no way yeah. Well, when I was in Hawaii, I, I was playing handball, four-wheel handball. And uh, then I started playing soccer. I took my kids down to the so- I took my kids down to the soccer field. We were kicking the ball around, and uh, we lived in uh, we lived on the north shore of Oahu near Sunset Beach, which is famous for attracting surfers from all over the world. 
Well, oh, that's pretty cool. I was playing soccer with my kids, just kicking the ball around, and this bunch of Brazilians showed up, and they're all playing barefoot. They're playing soccer barefoot, and they invited me and my kids to play. <laughs> so I started playing soccer, and then I got hooked on that, and I was playing soccer. I was on the team and everything. So. <laughs> Incredible! Well, that's, that's awesome. So I, I, I'm I'm a big soccer fan now, and I'm, I'm I'm watching Phoenix Rising. I don't know if you've heard of them. Are they like in the second league below MLS? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I lived in Portland for a little bit, so me and my wife we used to go to a lot of the Timbers games. Yeah, and uh, Phoenix Rising has won 17 games in a row. That's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, I'm watching them. They're pretty good. I can't play soccer anymore, of course. You know, my, yeah. my hips gave out a long time ago, and I had to have replacement surgery for my hips. So that kind of killed my soccer career. Whatever. But, you know, life is what it is. I'm still able to walk, thank God. And yeah, that's 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 the biggie. But I'm going to keep tabs on you, and I'll keep reaching out to you. And then... uh We'll talk again because uh, when you have the next movie made, I, I would love to hear about that process, just like this one. Oh, I would love to. I would love to talk to you about that. Man, Tony was such a cool guy. I wish him all the best. Make sure you go watch Girl Wired. Re- leave it a review. It's on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, it's free. If not, spend a few bucks. You know, the guy worked his butt off in order to do that. He had such a great story to tell. So yeah, so that's Tony D'Alessio. Hopefully, we see him again. Talk to him again when he has a new movie that comes out. And then stay tuned. This Thursday, Jamie and I, we are breaking down Roadhouse 2. And it is even Roadhouse-ier than the first one. Don't forget to review, rate, and share our podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss out. Good night.